0: On this episode of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast.
1: I remember sitting at the bar at this casino, watching a guy play a slot machine, um, really leaned back in his chair. He had a coffee that he was holding on his knee. Uh, he was pressing the button. And the thing that I found really striking as an attention scientist was the fact that this guy was playing the slot machine for more than 30 minutes, and I had never seen him look away from the game
0: in spanish its name means the meadows you might know it as the entertainment capital of the world lost wages or simply sin city of course i'm talking about fabulous las vegas nevada on average 42 million people visit las vegas every year and i'm one of them i love this city the sights the sounds the shows the people the history I want to share all of it with you, taking you to the world-famous Vegas Strip and beyond. My name is Jeff, and this is the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 84 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. Before we get into this episode of the show, I want to thank my guest from the last episode, Steve White, one half of the Travel Zork Zorkcast team, and Las Vegas UK on Twitter. We had a great conversation about everything from our first Vegas trips to predictions for what may happen in Las Vegas this year to international travel restrictions and their impact on the city. We also talked about the unique Vegas travel guide that he's in the process of writing. If you haven't listened as of yet, jump into the archives wherever you get your podcasts and search out episode number 83, Vegas from Across the Pond, or head to the website at jeffdoesvegas.com. All right, here we go. On to the show. We've all had that experience where a whole lot of time passes and we have no idea where it's gone. Whether it's, well, driving down the road, surfing through social media and watching YouTube videos, or, as it applies to this podcast, sitting down and playing slot machines in a Vegas casino. But what causes that effect? Why do we let our brains drift off like that and take us out of reality? To get answers to questions like that, I tend to consult experts. And it's no different this time around. My guest for this episode of the podcast is Spencer Merch. Spencer has a Ph.D. in psychology and cognitive science from the University of British Columbia and over the last several years has been involved in various research projects surrounding the cognitive science of gambling. Recently, one of those studies involved exploring so-called immersion and being zoned in or zoned out during slot machine play. Spencer took the time to jump on the podcast with me to explain the methodology behind the study, as well as the results that he and his team got from this research. We also talked about what part game and slot designers play in creating immersion, along with what the future of gaming may hold, and how people can avoid immersion while playing slots or electronic games. Please enjoy my conversation with Spencer Merch.
1: So cognitive psychology is the study of how people think. So how do we use our senses to form thoughts about the world around us? And how do these thoughts turn into actions and over time habits? Um, why did I choose cognitive psychology? Uh, the main thing for me as, uh, you know, growing growing up as a, a teenager and, and really just needing like uh, constant entertainment Uh, was that psychology is a field that never gets boring. Uh, it, It lives at this beautiful intersection between neuroscience and the social sciences. So one day, you could be looking at the very basic function of human eyeballs, and the next day, you find yourself scraping a big data set of online gambling transactions to learn more about how people behave on a massive scale.
0: So if I'm understanding it correctly, then essentially what you're doing is studying not only what happens, but trying to figure out why it's happening.
1: Yeah, trying to. Yeah, in, uh, <laughs> in, in the gambling field, when, when we're trying to understand the effects that really, you know, these complicated games like slot machines have on people, uh, we often call this effort trying to unscramble the egg. <laughs>
0: I've, uh, I've never quite heard it put like that. That's, that's a very eloquent way of putting it. Um, so what then got you interested in the, uh, the gambling and gaming side of things and how cognitive psychology applies to slots and electronic gaming devices?
1: Yeah. Uh, So as uh, as an undergraduate student, I became really interested in the field of attention. So the kinds of things that grab people's attention and keep us paying attention. Uh, And I I used to I used to do research on a topic called mind wandering, uh, which involved making people uh, as bored as possible and then observing what would happen when they were very bored. So do they start thinking about other things or uh, do they start uh, planning for what they're going to do later or you know, what are the circumstances where they come back to thinking about the task at hand? Um, Around the time I was working on mind wandering, I was uh, home for the holidays. And I went to a casino with my parents, the local casino in my city here. Um, And uh, I remember sitting at the bar at this casino, watching a guy play a slot machine Um, really leaned back in his chair. He had a coffee that he was holding on his knee. Uh, He was pressing the button. And the thing that I found really striking as an attention scientist was the fact that this guy was playing the slot machine for more than 30 minutes, and I had never seen him look away from the game. So in in a half hour, his his eyes remained fixed on the game. Uh, And for me, as somebody who didn't really have any gambling experience at this time, it was really surprising that the game could show this guy the same symbols over and over, and his his uh, his attention was never drawn to other things going on around him. So I wanted to know what is it about these games that are so good at capturing and holding this guy's attention?
0: It's interesting that that was the the genesis of of the whole thing here for you, because I, I know I, myself, I've seen that when I've been in the casino in Vegas or even casinos here in Calgary, you see that person who, who, yeah, is just they're sitting at the slots. They haven't moved. They haven't looked away. And you question, are they legitimately enjoying what they're doing? Are they engaged in what they're doing or, or what is causing this, this effect on them?
1: Yeah, they they seem so sometimes people seem so locked in while they're gambling. Uh, you just really wonder, like, you know, what's causing this? Where where is this coming from and how does it work? At least, you know, that that's what I was wondering.
0: And that is a wonderful segue into the reasoning behind um, me bringing you on the podcast here today. Spencer, um, I wanted to have you on to talk about a study that you recently did where you were exploring immersion During slot machine play or being zoned in or zoned out while playing slots or video poker or any kind of uh, electronic gaming. First off, I guess it's important to find out what exactly is immersion and being zoned in or zoned out as it relates to your study.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. So we were just talking about the, that guy I had watched in the, you know, not in a creepy way. Uh, <laughs> it's, if it's scientific, it's fine. Um, that, so that guy I had seen in the casino. Um, over time, I would I would come to start calling that sort of behavior of being locked in on the slot machine, I would call that immersion in playing the game. Uh, so immersion is a lot like when people talk about getting into the zone, right? Uh, so it looks like a hyper-focusing of your attention on playing the slot machine, so much so uh, that you might fail to notice things going on around you or how much time has passed, or you might temporarily forget about something coming up on your calendar, Um This experience is often reported by slot machine gamblers, uh, although a lot of people have probably had this kind of experience with work or video games or anything else uh, that makes them feel like they're in the zone. Uh, In most cases, people find this kind of immersion pleasant. It's, It's a happy experience. The two crucial things that make slot machine immersion different are, number one, that emerging evidence from A research group based in Ontario is showing that gambling immersion may be more prevalent among people struggling with depression, anxiety, or disorders of attention. So maybe slot machines are good at creating a pleasant, immersive experience for people in these vulnerable populations, and that would be great. Except number two, slot machines charge a hefty premium on this experience. The longer you play a slot machine, on average, the more money you lose. So if slot machines are good at facilitating a pleasant mental state that encourages people to keep gambling without thinking too much about it, are people really still making an informed adult decision to spend their money on this activity? And then uh, the question becomes, what do we do about slot machine immersion? So unfortunately... Uh, with the proliferation of the internet, you can't just ban all the slot machines because almost anyone could program a simple slot machine online. So slot machines are here to stay and ensuring that people have access to the safest possible version of slot machines is probably the best that we could aim for. So then, could you have slot machines but try and interrupt people before they experience too much immersion and potentially spend more money than they wanted to? Well, maybe, maybe. But then you'd need to have some sense of how immersion works at a mental level in order to actually design those effective interruptions. And this is where we get into the contrasting ideas of zoning in versus zoning out from gambling.
0: So I think I have a pretty good idea of what the differences are, but maybe um, explain it uh, a little bit in depth for for myself and my listeners.
1: So in terms of zoned in and uh, zoned out, uh, w- you know, what it what is the difference between these two things? Well, according to some gamblers and researchers, uh, gambling immersion happens because the game is really good at capturing all of your attention. This is what I've come to call zoning in on the slot machine. Uh, if that's true, and immersed gamblers spend a huge amount of time and attention looking at the game screen, then maybe the best way to interrupt their immersion state would be by showing them some kind of pop-up message on that screen. So that's the zoning-in idea. By contrast, uh, some gamblers and other researchers have argued that the immersion experience is more like calming your mind and escaping into a world of fantasy, or some people have argued uh, nothingness that provides a mental escape from the difficulties that we experience in our everyday lives. In this case, uh, some people say that they don't actually care about whether they win or lose, which implies that people in uh, in the state of immersion are kind of zoned out from reality altogether, that they're less aware of what the game is doing. So they might not know how much money they've spent, and they might not be affected by something popping up on screen in front of them. (laughs) Now, these two models of immersion, zoning in and zoning out, make different predictions about the kinds of anti-immersion strategies that would work and whether people are aware of how much money they've spent. So figuring out whether gambling immersion is more of a zone in thing or a zone out thing ends up being the goal of the eye tracking study that I ran.
0: And I was just going to ask about the methodology of, of doing this this particular study and what you did. First of all, you you had people – physically sit at slot machines and, and play, uh, for, for a set amount of time. First off, how did you, you pick the test subjects?
1: Yeah. So we were looking for people who played slot machines, who were willing to come to our lab at the university of British Columbia and play a real slot machine. The main thing that we were, uh, working to avoid was recruiting people who were either in recovery for gambling disorder, uh, or who were at high risk for problem gambling, uh, my study involved actually paying people an hourly rate to play a slot machine, and we wanted to make sure that we weren't going to encourage people to gamble in a harmful way after they left our study. So uh, really, it was we were looking for slot machine gamblers in uh, the metro Vancouver area who were willing to come out to UBC and play a slot machine for an hour. You have a tough time finding those people? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'd be surprised. Uh, Cra- Craigslist is wild, man. <laughs> And, and
0: so while they were sitting there and playing for for the course of an hour, you monitored a few different things and you kept track of a few different things. What were you keeping track of while they were playing?
1: So the main thing that we were doing while they were gambling was we had them wear a pair of specialized eye tracking glasses. So this is just like a big pair of sunglasses, but it has clear lenses for them to be able to see in our dim casino laboratory Uh, and on those glasses, there are two very small cameras, one that looks at each of the eyes. So there's a little camera pointed towards the left eye and a little camera pointed towards the right eye. And then a camera just above the bridge of the nose that looks outward at the gambling machine that's in front of these people. Um, the main goal was that we wanted it to feel as much like real gambling as possible. Uh, So although I couldn't control the fact that people had to gamble in a scientific laboratory using money that I handed them uh, just a moment earlier, uh, the main thing once they started gambling was I tried really hard to just not interrupt them so that they could play the slot machine without having to pay too much attention to anything outside of their gambling.
0: And so while you had the subjects gambling, did you have them uh, having to perform any other tasks or have to focus on anything else or were they just doing the playing?
1: You know, that's a really great question. Uh, actually, in, in one of the earlier studies I ran uh, back in 2015, 2016, uh, I was looking at people's heart rate while they were gambling. And I had them do a little extra task at the same time where I was asking what they were thinking about. And I found that actually just by interrupting people every couple of minutes, I I had caused a significant decrease in the amount of immersion that occurred, right? So, So by interrupting people, I was getting in the way of their immersion in slot machine gambling.
0: So really, when you're sitting at a casino in Vegas playing slots and the cocktail waitresses and servers are coming over to you to offer you drinks, they're doing you a favor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean, potentially, yeah, there, there's, there's really not a deep world of research on uh, interrupting people and how, how it works and under what conditions, but potentially, yeah, uh, it's certainly something I've heard a lot from British Columbia's uh, Game Sense advisors. So when I run into them uh, at conferences here in the province, these are people who, uh, who work in the province within casinos and gambling venues Uh, And one of the things that they do is they check in on people who are on the gambling floor. And and they often tell me things like, uh, yeah, it's important to walk over and tap people on the shoulder from time to time and see if they're uh, really immersed or not.
0: So in the end, once this was all said and done, um, what were the findings?
1: Yeah. uh, So once the data was collected, that's when I really had to get down to work. This study was highly exploratory and there was a lot of analysis involved. Uh, But the main thing was that I came up with several predictions about how people's eyes should move if they were zoned in or if they were zoned out. The main thing that we found was that gamblers who reported higher immersion tended to spend more time looking at the game's credit display and less time looking at the game's reels. This is consistent with the idea of zoning in because it suggests that immersed gamblers were motivated to track how much money they had. We also found that higher immersion gamblers in our study made more visual saccades, which in this case is a fancy way of saying that they were more motivated to look around the game screen. Their eyes came to rest on more parts of the game screen over the whole task. This again suggests that they were zoning in on what the slot machine was doing, that they were really trying to understand how this game was working. Uh, So at this stage, it looks like gambling immersion... Uh, maybe a kind of zone in state where people become increasingly engaged with what the game is doing. Uh, so maybe you could interrupt it with embedded disruptions built into the game. Things like pop-ups, uh, alarms, timeouts, automatic cash out, or coupons that just encourage people to get up and go get a coffee.
0: It's interesting that you bring up the point about uh, looking at the credit display, because I know um, that I myself, when I'm playing slots, I, I, I do glance at that credit display and I spend a bit of time focusing on it. And I don't know if that's my own brain trying to break up the immersion or if it's just me worried about my budget, but I know that I get to that point where I'm like, okay, if I get down to X amount, I'm going to cash out and go to a different machine. Or if I get up to X amount, I'm going to cash out and, and walk away and call it a day.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, To add, to add a little bit more context to that finding as well over the whole study, we found that in general, people spent the vast majority of their time looking at the spinning reels, uh, the game, the reels on the game that we used, which I should mention as well was a a real slot machine called Buffalo spirit. It's fairly popular here in British Columbia. And I seem to find them on every casino floor that I, I walk regardless of where (laughs) I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know it.
0: Oh yes. You will be very hard pressed to find a frequent Vegas visitor who hasn't walked the casino floor and heard
1: buffalo <laughs> oh yeah it's the one, the one i have when it does the um, when it does the, the replicating feature that it has it does this really loud like piercing moo it like it moves like a cow. It's uh I d- I didn't even know that buffalo moo. That's something I was not aware of. No, I um, would not have known that at all. <laughs> no. If they if they don't actually moo, I'm going to be really disappointed with WMS. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, so one of the things that we found is people spend the vast majority of their time looking at the game's reels. Uh, So the reels take up about 70% of Buffalo Spirit's game screen. uh, And people spend about 70% of their time looking at those reels. The interesting thing about the credit window is although people spend only about 5% of their time looking at that credit window, uh, that's much more than we would expect just based on the size of of the credit window itself. So the credit window is physically smaller than the amount of attention people pay towards. It would uh, imply that it should be. So if the, if the parts of the game screen were sized based on how much attention people pay towards them, the credit window would be several times larger than it is.
0: Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. So I guess the next question then is how much of that immersion is, By design I mean there has to be a certain level of attention being paid by game designers and slot designers to how they can push players towards that level of immersion
1: yeah and in fact you've really nailed the uh the million dollar question there quite literally uh recently actually I was looking at uh patents that have been filed on slot machine design um and uh, one patent that was trying to to build eye tracking into slot machines. Uh, by the way, I don't know that this has been done anywhere yet, but there there are several patents for people trying, you know, who want to try and do it. Um, one patent that was going to do this thing incidentally alleges that the gambling industry has an overarching goal of creating more fun but also more immersive games. Uh, so there there potentially is a huge. Uh, a huge profit incentive in making these games immersive, and we've uh, looked at several of the features of these games as they may increase the the degree of immersion that people experience. So one one of these things is uh, multi line gambling. So a lot of mul- modern slot machines allow people to place bets on multiple pay lines within a single spin of the slot machine. So rather than just betting across uh, the middle of the game, like like in uh, the one arm bandit of the 1970s, uh, now you can place concurrent bets across the middle, the top, the bottom, diagonally, and in any number of different zigzag permutations. As it turns out, this kind of strategy produces a smoother pattern of play with more frequent reinforcement, uh, more frequent payouts in smaller amounts. So there are uh, less, less sort of rare interruptions of the pace of the game through things like big jackpots. Uh, I and other people uh, have found that these sorts of multi-line betting strategies are partly responsible for the degree of immersion that people experience.
0: That makes absolutely perfect sense to me when I when I think about it because I know I myself I tend to gravitate more towards those machines that are the multi-lines because of course they have the big the big flashing sign that says 240 different ways to win when in fact we know it's probably more like 240 different ways to lose but I can see how that would create that immersion because as you say it doesn't affect the pace of the game. You're winning more often in small amounts, as opposed to, um, a single big jackpot that might take you out of the zone. Um, the other question I have too, is how much of that immersion can be credited to, um, the different visual elements or audio elements of the game itself?
1: Yes. So there is, uh, and, and I should mention as well, there's, there's, uh, this is a very new field that's emerging now. So, uh, we're just now starting to get a handle on the different features of these games. Um, there's quite a lot of speculation, uh, that the animations and sounds that these games employ are partly responsible for the immersion that people experience. I would be very surprised if they weren't in, in many cases, I would mention as well, one of the studies Uh, that is outside of slot machines but involves these sounds uh, is an interesting study from uh, a few years ago that showed people had a better sense of how much time had passed after they were gambling on a slot machine if there was loud, slow, ambient music playing overhead. Uh, So quieter environments may actually uh, be more immersive in uh, in terms of sounds outside of the game.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I never would have guessed that based on... Uh, the fact that when you are in a casino in Las Vegas, it's, it's a constant drone of, um, not super loud music, but definitely loud enough that you have to raise your voice in order to have a a conversation with someone that is, is going nonstop in the casino all around you.
1: Yeah. Uh, and as, uh, as researcher interested in, uh, gambling harm and gambling disorder, one of the things that I think is, is an important contrast to draw and I'm sorry, this is going to be like way against the ethos of your, your show. Um, <laughs> but it, I think it's important to recognize, uh, that over the past 60 years, gambling has proliferated to, uh, all North American cities pretty much. Um, and, uh, even, even many smaller cities and towns across the country. And, and if I go into, my local gambling venues, the kind of place that I could visit every week as I'm uh building a, a pattern of regular gambling, um it's you could hear a pin drop in there. Really? Yeah.
0: Huh, I never would have thought that. Um I guess the other question too is has there been any research or did any any level of this research look into how the uh environment other than the the sounds and the visual end of things Affects the level of immersion. I mean, casinos are basically designed to distract you into gambling and distract you from thinking about how much time has passed. I mean, there's no windows. There's no clocks. The the whole idea is to uh, keep you as involved as possible for as long as possible without realizing how much time has passed.
1: Mm, Yeah, so I so I had mentioned the study looking at quieter environments uh, and immersion. Uh, I'd mentioned as well that it might be it might be easier to become immersed when you're gambling alone or when you're cocooned in a more secluded corner of the casino. There's not a lot of scientific evidence on this yet, but a number of scholars have pointed out uh, and there and there have been uh, some some qualitative some interviews with gamblers who talk about this kind of thing. Uh, one final thing that researchers are increasingly worried about is the potential for immersion in gambling on mobile phones. So you could be at home alone, where maybe nobody would have a chance to check in on you, and your gambling could potentially go on and on. Uh, I know that I, I, personally have this problem uh, with the app TikTok. Where oh my if I'm god! Le- if I'm left alone <laughs> with TikTok, like three hours disappears from my life. Yeah, it does. And it's, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my god! I I recently I became. That forty-five-year-old Gen Xer on TikTok guy, and um, yeah, it is not hard. As you say, you just kind of you go down the rabbit hole, and you're like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to check a take a look at a couple of videos here before I go to bed, and the next thing you know, it's it's three o'clock in the morning, and you're like, I have to get up in in three hours. It's insane. So I could see the idea of gambling or any kind of s- slot esque game on a mobile device would be dangerous
1: uh, yeah it's it's got a lot of researchers concerned.
0: I don't doubt it. Um, Spencer, if people want to dive a little bit deeper into this topic, are there any resources or books that you'd recommend uh, people take a look at?
1: As a scientist, I always try to hew really close to the evidence base uh, so I, I sent you over a couple of links uh, for your show notes. That uh, detail the the study I talked about here today, as well as uh, the study by my colleagues in Waterloo who have uh, who have been looking into these sorts of experiences with respect to depression and slot machine gambling. And there's uh, there's also uh, a a book that is really highly cited in this field uh, by Natasha Dow Scholl from 2012, and it's called Addiction by Design. It really anchored a lot of uh, my early thinking. And I think a lot of researchers approach to, uh, to this topic.
0: Excellent. I'll uh, pop those links up in the show notes, uh, to both the research articles and, uh, the book, uh, by Natasha Del Scholl, so people can uh, can check that out for themselves. It's been fascinating having you on to talk about this stuff. Fascinating and uh, a little bit terrifying, all at the same time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know I, I don't I don't think it uh, I don't think it necessarily has to be. We uh, we just definitely should think clearly about these kinds of experiences going forward, uh, especially for regulators and policymakers. Um, it's important to keep a clear. Uh, a clear sightline to uh, why gambling is permitted in different jurisdictions and how to make it uh, especially safe, right? It, it's a source of huge non-tax revenue for a lot of states and provinces, uh, but it's important to remember as well that uh, gambling harm has uh, an enormous toll on people, their families, uh, and also, in the end, provincial budgets. Uh, and so it's important to take a, a balanced perspective to these things. And, uh, uh if there are any policymakers and regulators out there, I would encourage them to, uh, think clearly about the, the reasons why people are playing immersive games that cost a lot of money.
0: Excellent. Spencer, thank you very much for jumping on today and, uh, and chatting. I really appreciate it.
1: This has been really terrific. Thank
0: you for having me. Once again, if you want to learn more about immersion, as well as zoning in and zoning out as it relates to slot play and gambling, head to the website at JeffDoesVegas.com and check out the show notes for links to Spencer's work, as well as Natasha Dow book, Addiction by Design. that wraps up another episode of the podcast if you've got feedback on this episode of the show or any other episode for that matter or you've got suggestions and ideas for topics you'd like me to cover on the podcast please feel free to reach out to me via facebook twitter or instagram at jeff does vegas you can also email me directly at jeff at jeff DoesVegas.com. In the meantime, thank you so much for checking out the show. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know the moment new episodes are available. And don't forget to visit jeffdoesvegas.com for past episodes and show notes. My name is Jeff, and this has been episode number 84 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast.